0: presence and power of the Lord is here won't you stand with me the reading of God's Word entitled the message this morning back to the book back to the book we're looking so much is going on in these last days and we're desiring that God will continue to speak to us he will lead us as a congregation in the church, and I believe that he is. I, I feel kind of, I said it in the first service, I feel kind of messed up today. That's what they say these days, you know, some of those big time kind of television shows. You, they'll say, God has wrecked me, or God's, I'm, a, I'm messed up, or, you know, he's messed me up. You know, I had somebody say, man, the Lord messed me up. I was like, I hope you're okay. He said, no, man, that's a good thing. It's a good thing. I was like, okay, Awesome. He wrecked me. Oh, you have insurance. (laughs) But he's done that. And I've had a a wonderful encounter and experience with him this week that I want to share with you. As we look at back to the book. Back to the book. The scripture I'm going to read from is from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. I'm talking about our inheritance. Who we are in Christ. What the Lord has given to us. and This will be... A text for a series over the next couple of weeks. Our actual text today will be from 2 Kings chapter 22. But listen to what this scripture says in Ephesians chapter 1. In Him, the Lord, also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of Him who works all things according to the counsel of His will, that we who first trusted in Christ Should be to the praise of his glory. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance. Somebody ought to say, Praise the Lord, right there. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption. Of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Do you see a picture there of who we are in God? You are number one here as an inheritance that's been passed down through generations of faith. And you are a possession of God. He's jealous over you and he's jealous over his church. And I believe that the Lord is wanting to do a mighty, mighty work in these last days i believe that the one of the greatest revivals that we've ever seen is about ready i believe that we're there and while we have seen great moves of god and we're thankful for them there have been powerful moves of god and i don't think we're any special any more special than anyone else but i will tell you that i genuinely believe that the presence and the power of god in these last minutes these last days is ready to pour out. He said in the last days, Joel chapter two twenty eight, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. All of these promises of God, I believe, we're ready for them. God's going to wreck you. He's going to mess you up. Amen? All right. Amen. As we pray this last prayer, I want us to pray for Israel, the state of Israel, and the state of the United States of America. And I want to ask you as well, I, I meant to, to do this before. Before we pray, I, I'll, I'll bring this out. We're in a few, um, I think in a, in a month or two, we're going to be having uh, the evangelistics from Lee University with us. And we need people housed. And here is the actual uh, thing that we need here. Announce host homes are needed for the Lee Evangelistic Singers on, for Saturday night, April 13th. If you want to bring them into your home... Um, we ask that you bring at least two of them into your house. If you can do that or take 20, that's perfectly fine as well. If you can't do that, some folks, um, like I I, ten, I tend to do this, I'm going to contribute $50 for a hotel per person. Uh, that helps them. They When I was in Campus Choir from Lee University, I used to love it when a church would give us hotel rooms because then we could hang out and go to the vending machine and get a Coke and get some pretzels and, and didn't have to like, you know, We could relax a little bit. So if you can do that or if you can host them in your home, then we ask you to see uh, the office, any member in the office uh, more particularly. uh, Janelle Dooley can help you with that. All right. Let's pray and ask the Lord's blessings on our time together and on the state of Israel and the United States. Father, we come to you now. We don't want to neglect our responsibility to pray over the state of Israel. We pray in the name of Jesus that you would protect her on every side. Lord, we seek the good of Israel and ask for the blessing of the Father to rest upon them. Lord, we ask that you protect their soldiers, protect their their fathers, their mothers, their sons and daughters, their leaders. We ask for the anointing of the Spirit of God to be with them. And God, we just seek the good of Israel and pray for the peace of Jerusalem. We ask this in the name of Jesus. And Lord, we ask you to touch the United States of America. We pray in the name of Jesus you'd bring peace to our streets, that you'd bring a sense of calm to the confusion that tends to, to almost overshadow all news reports. We ask your hand to rest upon them. Keep your hand on first responders, and especially law enforcement, God, who seem to be killed on a daily basis. Touch them by your Holy Spirit and be with them. And God, we pray for our country, for our leaders, for our states, for all of our people. Send a revival to the United States of America. We ask, Lord, that you use us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. And you can be seated. Well, where do you begin when you're talking about how you've been messed up? It was just the other day, you know, um, we're in, by the way, day 63 of reading the Word of God together. Our church chooses every year to read the Bible together at the beginning of the year, and so we're in day sixty-three. Thank you, Liz Ambergy. Uh Liz started this many, many, many years ago, and she has been someone who uh, has been a, a just a, a crusader for the reading of the Word. And we're thankful that I think about fifteen years ago she started this, and she calls us to the church. She calls the church to reading the Bible through every single year. And so we're in day 63 and I appreciate all those. I had someone who mentioned to me that they are reading the Bible together as a family. So every evening they read the scriptures together. And uh, I think that's wonderful and I encourage that and love, love that. How many of you know the Word of God is the most valuable treasure that you have in your hands? There's nothing more valuable, nothing more priceless in this world than this Bible, the Word of God. That you have in your hands. It's priceless. It's a treasure. It's something that we need to get back to understanding in our lives. Because I find that especially in this time of very busy, busy activities. When people are just going seemingly 24 hours a day. It's so easy to get off track from the word of God. And it not being a top priority. And not seen as the right um, treasure. That it is I was reminded of this I, I I'd like to think that i I treasure the Word of God and have on on a regular basis in my life but this week man I had something happen that just messed me up you're going to hear that a lot I'm probably going to be quoted in Instagram as saying pastor was messed up today an old you know we moved from the old Harlem Park church and when we moved from there we had moved from the old Clayton Street church we've lived in three different buildings through our 104, 104, 103 years. It'll be 104 years that we have been a church. We were at the Clayton Street building, and when they were building the building over there, they took a tin box. As a matter of fact, it was this tin box right here. And they, they took this box, and they put some items in there. There was, there was a, a plaque um, to Amanda Morrison, who was a charter member of our church. It was in memorial to her. There is a Bible in here from the Reverend D.A. Biggs, who was a pastor in the 50s uh, of our church, who went on to be a state overseer and and was very well known in our denomination. There's also a recorded history written from 1915 to 1937. And then there was another Bible, and this Bible was a larger Bible. It was a study Bible used... um, uh, Apparently, it was some somebody. So we they put it all in this tin box, and when they did, they closed it up, and they buried it in the wall of the church. And when they did that, they left it there until 1973. In 1973, they took it out because we moved. We bought the old Grace Baptist building on Wilbraham Road, moved over there, and took this with them. Now, that was, I don't know how many years ago. Um, somebody with good math can tell me. I wrote it down, but I, huh? 45 years thank you all right excellent yeah so we know how old you are <laughs> so this they took it out they put it on a shelf at the old at the new building at Harlem Park and forgot about it and nobody had really seen it nobody had talked about it i've been on staff for 30 years i never heard of it and we were cleaning out a a, a room the other day and some of the cabinets that were from the uh, some of the cabinets that were in that room that had never been opened had just was in there and so 30 years at least probably 45 years since anyone's looked at it they brought it out they opened it up and Richard looked at it saw what was in it brought it into my office immediately and when he did he put it on my desk and I thought what in the world is that and he he opened it up and like dust flew everywhere and I was just like what in the world is this and as he began to pull these items out and look at it I was like no way that's awesome and then he pulled this bible out and when he pulled this bible out I said wow that is so old I was like where is that and I went through it and started looking at it and the moment that I touched it something happened in my heart I I was attached to this Bible. I couldn't get away from it. It was something, Gary, that was just almost supernatural. I mean, that's the only way to describe it. I, I couldn't let it out of my sight. I went through it, and I looked at the writings, and you can see here, I don't know if they can close up on that, but you can see where they've written and circled and squared all the items here in this, uh, yeah, it's, yeah, that's, see? <laughs> so... <laughs> it's just beautiful. And and all throughout the word, I opened up one of the pages and it said hidden treasure. And I was like, absolutely beautiful. And so I'm looking through this and I'm like, well, whose Bible was this? And I was like, wow, I've got to uh, find out who this is. And I'm going all through it. I'm going through page after page and I'm reading notes and there's preaching words here, uh, preaching from it. And I'm like, well, it's gotta be a minister's one of the pastors it's got to be old it looks really old and wore out and I'm going through it and I kept it and kept it kept it and Richard had kind of given up a little bit on whose it was and we just couldn't tell all the front of it there's nothing that tells you whose it was there was no writing in it anywhere and so I'm just going through it and going through it and I couldn't find out whose it was and it was just bothering me I put it on my desk, and I kept going back to it, and I kept looking and trying to find somewhere where I could figure out whose it was. I went to the Old Testament, first page. I went to the New Testament, first page. I went back to the very back and got the last page of Revelation. I thought, surely there's a note there. There was nothing to let me know, but I couldn't get away from it. It just consumed my thoughts. I was captivated by this thing until suddenly I I closed it up, and I, I, I held it, and I it hit the light a certain way in my office. And I was like, wait, 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 wait. There's a name on here. And I looked closely, got it in the right light because it's so faded that you can't see it. And suddenly it said, Reverend J. Wilson. That means that this Bible is probably about 120 years old. The study Bible of the very first pastor of this church. First pastor of this church. I wrote some things down here. He was born in 1892. He served as pastor of this church for 22 years. He holds the record as the longest tenured pastor in its history, and I'm out to crash it. 22 years here, 10 years in Tennessee. He started preaching at age 15. So that puts the Bible somewhere between 112 and 120 years old. I couldn't believe it. I called for Richard. I said, Richard, this is J.D. Wilson's Bible. I'm like, oh, my goodness. And I'm just like, oh, I shouldn't even be touching this. This thing needs to be put in glass and preserved and care, much care, and we will. But I couldn't take my eyes off of it. And I couldn't get away from it. And you know, since I'm pastor, I took it upon myself to take it home. I took it home. I put it on my dining room table. I opened it up. And as I, I sat there for hours reading all over it. And my mind kept going back. My mind kept going to 2 Kings chapter 22 where it talks about King Josiah. How many of you remember the story of King Josiah? King Josiah was made king when he was eight years old. He was on a list of very rotten kings. He was one boy that had the heart of God. And it says, as you read through it, that he had the same heart as his father, which is his great-great-grandfather, David. Had a heart for God and for godly things. Now, you've got to remember what time that this was. This was a time of debauchery. It was a time of evil. It was a time when society was killing their babies. It was a time when there was immorality on every turn. There was all kinds of sexual immorality, all kinds of violence and death in the streets. It was a time when people were being sacrificed and children were being sacrificed to Moloch. If you ever studied or learned about that, it's a... Horrible way that they would sacrifice to these false gods. They took the temple in Israel and Judah there, and 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 they took the altars and they moved all of the things out that had been put there by by Solomon and the things that had been put in place for true temple worship. And they put up altars to Baal and to uh, Astarte and all kinds of other gods and different forms of sacrifice was done inside this temple it was a terrible time it was a time when it was everybody coexist everybody's together all gods you serve your god i'll serve my god we'll all be together and we'll all just live this big old life and it all came about through solomon who started out good when you hear his story and you understand that he literally started out with the the heart of God and had an anointing on his life to build the temple, and he was, had the heart of David inside of him, and he started out, and it said he pleased the Lord in all of his ways, but then we see that over time, things began to change, and he began to fall in love with different kinds of women. He had 700 wives, 300 concubines. No, what's the difference? I guess that means he married some and lived with others. I don't know. I can imagine Valentine's Day was tougher on his house. But the scripture is very clear to point out that it was in this time that Solomon got off track. He thought he he was doing right. He was on track, doing things the right way. He he was moving in the, the, the will of God and the presence of God was with him. The anointing of God was with him, but it says that King Solomon walked in the ways of the Lord until foreign women turned his heart after foreign gods. How many of you know it's important who you marry? It's important who you date, young people. Here we go. This is free. The Bible says don't be unequally yoked. That's an important thing because we understand right here Solomon who was the builder of the temple, who was a follower of God, who literally was anointed to do the work of God, literally was turned aside by the ladies that he hooked up with in love. It's important that you make right choices, and that's free. You don't have to pay for that at all. Solomon changed. When he changed as king, the people changed, and then punishment came to Israel. It was divided into two kingdoms, as you know, Israel and Judah. That was the punishment that happened. And after that, every king did evil in the sight of the Lord. They served pagan gods. They had things, uh, altars and idols and images all built and put in different places. It was hideous what they did. They burned their sacrifices to false gods. And yet in the middle of all that, there was a prophecy of 300 years it would be fulfilled. But 300 years earlier, there was a little prophecy in 1 Kings chapter 13 that talks about And there'll come a little king, a boy, who'll be made king, and his name will be Josiah. Three hundred years later, we come to a place where Josiah is made king. His father, who his grandfather was a one of the most wicked kings of of Judah, and then his father Ammon was killed, literally, a very short reign for him, and then they put the eight-year-old up to be king over Judah. And as he is king now it's amazing that at a very young age he had a heart for God. Let me tell you something it doesn't matter what background you come from, it doesn't matter what kind of atmosphere you were raised in, it doesn't matter how evil it was, how rotten to the core it was, it doesn't matter if all your family generationally was completely crazy and schizophrenic, it doesn't matter when God has got an assignment and a task for your life, there ain't a devil in hell or ain't a human being that can hold you back from it. God will be God. Everything can be broken. Everything can be, everything can be broke through. Every, every atmosphere. Every. Don't let anybody identify you because of your past. Don't let anybody judge you because of where you've been, they don't know where you're going and what God has got planned for you. Solomon loved the Lord in the beginning, walked in the statues of his father David, except that he sacrificed and burned incense at the high places. But then in 1 Kings 11 chapter, uh, just a little over seven chapters later, but King Solomon, uh uh-oh, but King Solomon, whenever there's a but there. Loved many foreign women, as well as the daughter of Pharaoh, women of the Moabites, Ammonites, Edomites, Sidonites, and Hittites, from the nations of whom the Lord had said to the children of Israel, you shall not intermarry with them, nor they with you. Surely they will turn away your hearts after their gods. Solomon clung to these women in love and lost out with God. But Josiah... Josiah was anointed to to fulfill the prophecy of God and to bring light and reform and revival back to Israel, back to Judah. And it says that from the very beginning, he he wanted to repair the breaches that were in the temple. He He wanted to... they they did they kept the Sabbath they kept the sacrifices they they were doing all of these things but there had been no law they they had long lost the parchments they had nothing to the Pentateuch was what they used it they had no copies of it anywhere but they had so long done things through to tradition and ritual that they had gotten so far off track that now they had all gods it would be like we come in here and because we haven't had preaching of the word of God in so long hundreds of years actually by the time Josiah is king they literally have had all of these generations of years of people bringing compromise bringing complacency bringing laziness into the temple And into the temple worship and into the discipleship of the people so much so that they literally at the place where it would be like we have set up altars to all kinds of gods and we had them lined up across the front of this altar. You could sacrifice at one god over here and another god over there and you could come and pray to whoever you wanted when you were in here. How many of you know he said there'll be no other gods before me? No one else is allowed to take the place of the one, the omnipotent and only God. But they had gotten so far off track, to be quite honest, I won't make the parallels you probably already have in your head, where they're, in our society. We're there in our culture. We're there where they're telling us, and I see the bumper stickers coexist, where they want us to worship all gods. The National Day of Prayer now has every representative of every god. It's almost as if we're sitting in the kingdom of Josiah, but when he's just accepted position as king, it's almost as if we're there in that very place, and we look at it, and we understand, and we see that the patterns are the same. The people get lazy when they don't stay True to the Word of God. The Word of God. We get off track. We start making up our own religion. We start deciding we know what it says and we know what it means and we change what it says to fit our own desires and our own, uh, you know, our own inclinations and our own appetites. But I'm here to tell you it's a time for us to get back to the book. It's time to get back to to the holiness in the book. It's time to start listening to preaching again that doesn't sound so cute and so full of all kinds of compliments for the people raising them up in a good and kind little place where nobody's offended. I'm telling you the Word of God will cut you. It'll offend you. But when it's all done, it'll transform you and turn you into a child of God. (laughs) The Word of God is significant. I believe when I found this, this Bible, it was significant to me all weekend long, all week long. I've just, I've, I've kept it. I've, I've prayed over it. I've read through it. I, hours and hours I've spent with it. And I, I've been, I can't get away from it. I, I, I felt anxiety when I didn't have it in my hand earlier. And I wanted to put it in the altar to show, show it off to you guys. I want you to see it. But I had anxiety sitting over there wanting it to be protected and with me. It's messed me up. It's wrecked me. It says that when Josiah was a young man, he'd gotten about 28, between 18 and 20 years old, they were literally repairing the breaches. He had this heart to do what was right. They were keeping the Sabbath. They were keeping the sacrifices. They were doing all the things they do in church. They were having church, but none of them knew why they were doing it. They had no clue. They had no word. They had no no guidance. They, They literally were just following traditions. Church, be careful that we don't ever or that you don't ever in your personal and individual walk with God. Ever get to the place where you're doing it on your own strength and out of your own imagination. We have enough here. Psalm 119 is filled with word that says, Thy word is a light, a lamp unto my path, and a light. Under my life it's here for us to have instruction it's here to guide and direct us it's it's what we are to meditate on day and night this word is anointed for us to guide and direct our every step significant that i found it though i can tell you because it's right to me it's messed me up i've i've repented all over myself if i didn't think i needed to i after i got a hold of this i went to 2nd kings 22 and i started reading in this bible about king Josiah and how that when he was when he was 18 and 19 he was repairing the breaches and trying to take care of the altars and fix them and make them well again even though there were still all kinds of other gods being worshipped he wanted to go after whatever David loved. He wanted to know the the God that David served because David was his grandfather and he understood how special he was. And so he was working hard to repair those breaches when they were cleaning some of the places out. His assistant found a book. Oh, you ain't even. His assistant took the book. They found the book, and Hilkiah the high priest was reading from it, and he looked at the assistant and he said, Do you realize what we found here? This is the book of the law. This is the book. This is this is the the words that that Moses wrote. This is the Pentateuch. This is this is powerful stuff. This is what they used to base everything on. And he began to read it to Shophan. And they would read it I guess it touched him immeasurably and he said I've got to go take this to the king he runs to the palace he gets in there with the king and he starts to show him what they found and he starts to read the words of the book to king Josiah and the bible says that the king was weeping and broken in his spirit. He ripped at his robes, his kingly robes, he took them off. He he was humbled and humiliated in the presence of this book, the words of this book. Can you imagine what he was hearing for the first time in his life? He heard, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning, he said, and then he made this, and he made that, and then... Cain and Abel and Adam and Eve and all throughout the streets reading these words and Moses and the children of Israel were in bondage and they, they literally were, were given release and they found themselves at the river there. The Egyptians were the enemies. Oh my goodness, we didn't even realize Shofan, the enemy, is Egypt and here we've made all kinds of alliances with them. He's looking at all that's happening now in the kingdom and what this book is telling him about, who they are, what their heritage was, what their history was. It says he's weeping. Holy Spirit is touching him. He rents off his robe. He literally gets on his knees. He's convicted, and he looks at the words, and then he begins to hear them as they get through, and they're going more and further into the book. He gets to the place where he talks about the Red Sea and the waters that parted and all that's happening right there. And he, he can't believe what he's hearing. And then suddenly, out of nowhere, he gets up and Shophan and, and starts to read these words. He said, you shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourselves an idol. You shall not use the name of God in vain. Remember to keep the Sabbath day by keeping it holy. Honor your father and your mother. You shall not murder. Uh Uh-oh. You shall not commit adultery. Oops. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your brother. And you shall not covet your neighbor's stuff. This is the words that were coming across, and he was broken and literally convicted. And he felt the Spirit of God as it transformed his mind and changed him. And the Bible says he dropped to his face. He sought the Lord. He turned around and he said, Shofan, go get all of my leaders. Bring everybody in. And I want you to go out into the courts and I want you to bring all of Judah together and I want you to stand on every corner and I want you to read the word of the Lord to the people and it says that when they read the word of the Lord. It changed the people. They fell on their face and they were convicted and responded correctly. It says that Josiah stood by a pillar and made a covenant to God. He said, I will follow your commands and I will do all that is written in your word. And he did. He went and he tore down every idol, every pagan altar that was set up. He took the priest that literally were were robbing the people and killing the people and had horrible sacrifice, he went and cleaned house big time. He took care of everything from the top to the bottom. No one was allowed to do anything outside of Jehovah Yahweh. Nobody was allowed to move to the left or to the right. But he kept his focus on doing the thing of God. And you know what it was? It was just a return back to the book. I hope you know where I'm going. It's time for us to get off of the mentality that says we're going to make up our own rules, make up our own religion, make up our own way of doing it. It's, we don't have to do that. We don't have to pray for something new. We, all just, we just have to embrace what's already been given to us. That's what we've got to do. We've got to stand up one more time and declare we don't need a new truth. We've got the truth right here, and it will set you free. Hallelujah. 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 This truth will take you and turn you upside down. It will wreck you and mess you up. It will turn you inside out. It will give you hope for life, victory through the trials. As a matter of fact, if you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil for he is with you. The good shepherd walks with you all throughout this word of God. There are declarations and promises to the child of God. There is instructions on how to live a holy and dedicated life. And can I say in 2019, in a time in our society when it is absolutely gone chaotically crazy mad, Can I tell you that there is still a holiness, there is still a righteousness, there is still power that doesn't say, hey, accept me for who I am. It says, no, come to the fount and be made new by the power of God's glorious gospel. (laughs) Hallelujah. I didn't get saved coming to the Lord now, Lord. You know how I am. Just me and bless me and use me like I am. wait, someone has that. hallelujah stand with me praise God praise God the words in this precious book are not just historical it's not just a record not something to just be put on a shelf somewhere this word of God the Bible says is living and powerful sharper than any two-edged sword piercing even to the division of soul and spirit of joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart that is incredible this is the most valuable piece of property that anyone can have more precious than the houses you own the money you have The job, the position, trips, and the places you've been. There is nothing, I believe, tangibly on this earth, more precious, more treasurable, more priceless than the word of God. I don't know what he's doing, but I know that in this. He's brought me as pastor back to the book. Not that I feel like I was away from it. I feel like our culture, our society, the church at large is away from it. But God wants a revival. And he is telling us, showing us significantly. He spoke to me and he said, This is significant. This find is significant. This isn't just an accident. It it didn't just stay hidden for 50 years, 60 years. It didn't just stay hidden and then suddenly it came out of nowhere. I had the Holy Spirit to speak to my heart and let me know this is absolutely on purpose. That God is trying to speak to the church in the modern hour, in this modern day. He's trying to say, Don't do church like they did back then. Don't compromise and get lazy. Don't allow complacency to take you off track. Don't be doing your own thing. I've given you the road to life. I've given you everything you need. It's not because God God's, wants to be a dictator and he wants to be a cruel God. It's that he wants you and I to know this, he said, this is a new and a living way. It's a way that leads into righteousness. It leads into power. It leads into overcoming. He said, we are more than overcomers through the blood of the lamb. We are victorious through him. He says, you come my way, come through the door. A thief comes through any other way, but you come right through the door I," he said I have called you friends he loves us and he wants you and I to understand there's power, power, wonder working power in the blood of the lamb of Jesus Christ and in his word, in his truth this powerful word can I say this and it not be offensive do you know where your bible is? Do you know where your study Bible is? I visited with some folks, and I wouldn't never let you know. It was years ago. You have no idea who they are. And I wouldn't embarrass them for the world. I was there. We were sharing. We were talking. There was tears. It was counsel. We were getting ready to pray. And I said, do you have a Bible? And, all oh, they jumped up, and everybody went scurrying all over the place trying to find a Bible. Never found one. I wouldn't say that to hurt anyone at all. I say that to us. Where's your Bible? you got to study Bible, right? You're reading your Bible every day. This is powerful. This is powerful stuff right here. This word will set you free. You know this word. It's power in your life. It's victory in your life. Don't tell me. I'm just going to say it with my eyes closed. Because somebody will say, he looked right at me. Don't tell me everything's right with you and God. If you are not in his word. You're not studying it. I believe he's calling his church back to his book. Everybody wants to know about revival. Everybody wants to know how to build a church. Everywhere I go. How many do you all run? How would you do that? The things that build a church, the things that make for revival, are right here. It says that Josiah heard the word. And it says he wept. When he heard, you shall have no other gods before me. I could almost see his face. Are you kidding? Look what we've done to the temple. You shall not murder. Oh, my goodness, we do it on a daily basis. You shall not steal. We've been robbing everybody. We've gotten so off track. I'm telling you there is a ref- there was a reform that took place there. There was a revival that took place there. Judgment had already been decreed over Judah. Judgment had already been placed over top of them but because of the repentance and because Josiah turned to God the Lord honored his life and honored the ones who turned the history shows that they went on their merry way many of them as soon as Josiah got out of the way they went right back to it but I'm telling you God's looking for some people this morning who are willing to be messed up by his word who are willing to be wrecked by his word. I want so much for him to be pleased with my life. I've been reading and reading and reading and reading and and praying and studying and looking at Josiah and Lord you've given us this Bible and you're calling I've got the same Bible this preacher used to preach from way back in 1915 when the church was being built this was the Bible that he would preach the sermons out of he'd write his notes along the margins and inside here and he'd get up and Lord you had an anointing you had a task an assignment on that young man's life to build a church that 104 years later there'd be two services on a Sunday morning jam-packed full of people. Lord, you had an assignment for that young man. You had an anointing on his life, and you have used him and used that work to bring a ministry into this city, and it's still going strong all these years later. But God, why is it that you've given us this Bible from 120 years ago? Why is it that I've got this Bible in my hand on 2019 on Sunday morning, and I felt like he spoke to me and said, the anointing that built this church is the anointing that will carry this church all the way through. Go back to the book. Go back to the book. Get back to the words of life. Get back to the fountain of the living waters of God. Get back to the word in your family and in your life. Get back to the word. Get back to the book when we understand it and we know and the power of God begins to move. There was a great reform I believe that as we're This is on purpose and given to us now so that we will see, I believe, we will yet see a revival like we have never seen in the history of this church. Because I'm believing that God wouldn't bring this out of the archives, wouldn't bring it out of the tin box put away on a shelf for no reason. I believe he's got an assignment on the anointing that was on this Bible many, many years ago. A young man had an assignment, had a task, and God said, it's not finished yet. He's still moving forward, and there, oh, man, there is power in this word, and there's power in the work that God is going to accomplish and do through us, so you better get ready, and it says that as Josiah turned, the people turned, and I tell you, I'm wrecked, and I'm asking God to wreck you. I'm asking him, I'm asking you to go home, get your, don't you want to touch that? It's 120 years old. Isn't that great? I'm praying God will take you home. You'll get your Bible out. You'll get with your family. You'll get back into this Word. Get back to a place where it takes precedence over everything and anything else you've got going in your life until it brings change and transformation. You know what happened? After a week of reading and studying and touching and holding and keeping it close by, carrying it everywhere I go, I've had an experience this morning. Between 5 and 6 o'clock this morning, I was just singing that old song that that Charity gave. She is just like the bomb i don't know if you know who she is she is the best man every song she sings the choir can do every one of them she was singing i am cleansed i'm washed i'm sanctified i'm holy ghost filled and water baptized i'm right with my god for all time because Jesus, my Savior. Alive, and as I was singing, that I am cleansed, I am washed, I am sanctified. I felt the Holy Spirit. I was holding this Bible, and it was somewhere between five and six this morning when all of a sudden I felt hundreds and hundreds of angels fill my house. They were in every room, they were everywhere. And I felt, I felt the anointing hit me, and I thought the Lord spoke to me and said, I'm here, the Holy Ghost is here, the sun is here, and the house is filled with angels. You worship me and I'll show up anywhere. I'll build my throne in the midst of your praise. I felt there was a massive crowd in my house this morning. I feel that they're flooding in the doorways even now. They've been here this whole service, but I feel like heaven is well represented in here today. And I believe God wants us to understand he's a God of great power, God of great love. Yes, a God of mercy and grace, but he's a God of transformation and change. He's a God of change. He wants us to match his word, not his word match up to us. We don't need a new truth. We need the truth that's already been given. And we need to follow that. Can I get an amen? Never hit bow, never eye closed. If you're here today and you need transformed by God's power. You're seeing and feeling a sign and a wonder here this morning. I believe God brought this old, old Bible out to remind all of us that He's still God. He's still in control. And it doesn't matter what goes on outside. It doesn't matter what's happening out in the temples and out in the the world and all of that garbage out there. It doesn't matter. God is still God. And God is going to bring reform. He's going to bring renewal. He's going to bring revival. And if you want in on it, if you're you're declaring today... as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We will get back to the book. We'll get back to the ways of God. We will not compromise. We will not be lazy. We will not be tolerant to the things that are against God in His Word. If that's you, I want you to lift your hand as high as you can. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. Challenged by His Word. Moved by His Spirit. We will march forward. And now with every head bowed and every eye closed, every hand down, if you're here today and you'd say, I need to make Jesus my Lord. I saw those kids getting baptized. I've heard the worship. I've heard the word. I need to be saved this morning. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand real quick and write back down. Say, I want to accept Jesus in my life today. Are you here? God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anyone else? Anyone else, just a few moments God bless you sir Anyone else I want to accept Jesus in my life It's supernatural What will take place It's not words that save you But from the heart From the heart The words that we speak today is a prayer Prayer that goes all the way to heaven. He wants us to acknowledge that we believe He is the Christ. He's the Son of the living God. Our cry is, Lord, be Lord of my life. He died on the cross for you, gave His life that you might be saved, purchased your salvation with His blood, and through the sacrifice of His cross and His resurrection, You can have new life starting today. Every hand that was lifted up, we're going to pray. And as we pray, again, it's not a formula for prayer, but it's a guide for you. Because what comes from your heart next will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. So as we pray this prayer, is there yet one more person that would say, I want in? Before you pray, I want in. Anyone at all? All right, these that have lifted their hands, then we're ready to pray with you. As we pray this prayer, everyone help me. Let's pray it together. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Be the Lord of my life. Forgive me of my sins. I acknowledge you are the Christ. You're the son of the living God. You died on the cross. You rose from the dead. You purchased my salvation. I accept you as my Savior. Help me to live for you every day of my life until you come for me. In Jesus, your name, amen. Amen. God bless you. The Bible says, as you believe it in your heart, you confess it with your mouth, you are saved. So welcome to the family of God. And now, let's pray for one another. Let's do that. Father, as we come to you now, Lord, we honor you and we thank you for what you are doing, what you are speaking over our church. I thank you for the gentle reminder and the powerful sign that you've given to this church. Lord, you want us to return to your word. We honor you today and we will. We covenant with you, Lord. That we will be your children. We will serve you faithfully. We will give ourselves wholly and completely to you. Help us and guide us every day. Wreck us, Lord. Help us in everything we accomplish and do to give you glory and honor with our lives. As we commit to these things today, I pray over our congregation, may they feel that conviction. May they respond, Lord, in repentance as I have, that we would all, Lord, covenant with you, that your word be central and priority in all of our lives. In Christ's name we pray, amen. Amen. God bless you this morning. If you made that decision for Jesus Christ, there'll be a small group table out in the lobby. You're welcome to stop by there, shake hands with someone who'll hand you a Bible, give you some information and help you in your new walk with Jesus. God bless you. Amen. We want to remind you, if you are new to our church, you can go down by our visitors' uh, welcome center, just go out down to the left. You'll see a half-round circle table there. Tell them if and, they want uh, to see this. And uh, you will be, uh, we'll get you some, get you a gift, and get connected with you. Also, if you want to come by and check out the Bible, you're more than welcome to do that. We want you to be blessed. Share your this week as you uh, dive into your Word. Come back with some testimonies next week. Hit us up in the office. Let us know uh, what you find and how you're blessed afresh and new. God bless you all.